This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I'm, as always, your intrepid GM, player, and host, Trevor DeVell. Thanks so much for watching. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please do like it and subscribe. So, here we are. The big day. The trial of Simon of Argiston. To determine his guilt or innocence with regards to the serial killings of the beggars, of the hooks ruled over by Manfred of Dubne, and also the death of the, the city guard, the town watch, that Simon killed while trying to escape because they thought that he was the killer. I've given that guard a name, by the way, Liam. That was randomly determined by our handy dandy random chart. Before we begin, they've leveled up, yay! And at the risk of sounding like I'm metagaming, what everyone has actually taken as their advance is persuasion. <laughs> This is gonna be important. So how that worked out is that Simon's Persuade actually went up to a D8, although he still has the minus two outsider penalty for all persuasion rolls because, well, he's suspected of being a killer, so they don't wanna believe him. Edward's Persuasion went up to six, so eh, not great. Arn's Persuasion went up to eight. He is also ugly, which gives him a minus two. The other thing I wanna talk about before we begin there's two things. Uh, the first is that I made a little mistake last time, uh, kind of a crucial mistake, and it was a Savage World-based mistake, and the error was pointed out by uh, GM Randolfo de Gamer. so normally I would never thank anyone for rules lawyering me and telling me I got something wrong, but in this case, it's kind of important. When Arn went down from the big hit, he had to do a vigor roll to see if he survived. He succeeded, he rolled a five. He should have actually been at a minus three for that because he had just taken three wounds. I factored in the wound penalties on Simon's healing roll to, uh, to, to heal him later, but I didn't factor in to that vigor roll there. So what that means is, I can't retcon it, I can't go back in time and have him roll again. But in the interest of serving fairness, I am going to remove a Benny from the NPC pool from today's session. Sort of assuming that he would have spent it last time, so there has to be some sort of failure condition, and that's what I've decided to do. I'm gonna remove a Benny, which is, believe me, it's not a good thing. This, they're gonna need every single one of these Bennies. And the other thing I'm gonna do is because he took the hit to the leg, I'm gonna give it a chance that that wound is actually permanent. I'm gonna roll that right now. Our chaos factor is seven. Is Arn's leg permanently lame? Which in Savage Worlds terms would mean that he's minus two to his pace and he rolls a d4 running die instead of a d6. I'm gonna say it's unlikely, just because I want to give the poor guy a chance. 55, it is permanent. Wow, there was a 55% chance. Arn's leg is permanently maimed from that attack. So no matter what happens, when he heals up, he will always be lame in the leg. I hope you're happy, GM Randolfo. I hope you're happy. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate uh, the comments. Uh, we do want to keep everything above board here. We want to keep everything legal as much as we can. I have a lot to deal with here. There's there's characters and there's roles and there's background and there's all kinds of stuff and there's six cameras going. So I have a lot to deal with, but I try and keep things on, uh, on track as much as possible. So here's what's going to happen. These are 
the successes that Simon needs in order to be acquitted of the crimes. When someone presents their case and makes a persuasion roll to the court, okay, if, if they're arguing in favor of Simon, then any success and raise they get is gonna bump that number up down the scale towards, you know, acquittal. If they fail, it goes the other way. So the more numbers in the positive side of things, the better the outcome of the trial. I will tell you this right now, that if it remains at zero for whatever reason, Simon of Argistan will be executed. Let's get on with it. Simon and company are led in manacles and leg chains probably. They are led into the gargantuan court of law that is being overseen by the Council of Lords of Chitin. The Lord Mayor is on the council, but I think the trial itself is being conducted by Lord Manfred of Dovedane, and there will be the other six councillors there as well. Now, we need to know a little bit about Manfred. We do know some things about him already. We know that he is very much concerned about the welfare of his own citizens. He established soup kitchens for the poor in his own district. That's a big thing. I just, I, we need to know a little bit more. So I'm going to go to Une, and we're going to consult Une here, and we're going to see what we get. So, what, what is his motivation? 87, compose, and 60. Justice, compose justice. Well, that actually bodes very well in Simon's favor. That says to me that Manfred of Dubdane is a kind of person who put, definitely puts the rule of law ahead of his own personal concerns, which is important because his son was killed by the serial killer and he thinks Simon is a serial killer. So the fact that his sort of motivation is compose justice, I think that bodes well for Simon in this case. Okay, what else do we know about him? Six. Interact. 21. The wealthy, interact with the wealthy. Well, that actually makes sense. He is, you know, he's sitting on the Council of Lords and I think interact with the wealthy. You know what I think that means? I think also that bodes well for Simon because he is a guy who believes in justice, but the composure of justice, to ensure that, that, that decorum is maintained and that everything goes according to the rule of law, interact with the wealthy, I think that he is going to absolutely demand from the rest of the Council of Lords that they do not let their personal feelings get in the way either. I, th I think he's very, very hard but fair, I think, which is, again, I think in this case it probably bodes well for Simon. They are led into the courtroom. The charges are read against Simon of Augustan. The charges go down and they list the names of the beggars who were killed, including Aletta's father. His name is last on the list because as we determined last episode, he was last to be killed. And of course, the, the first name on that list is Haven of Dovedane. Manfred's son, who we determined last episode, was the first to die by the hands of Thornton. But it's a long list of names and I think that with every name that is read, there's a, a gasp from the crowd from the, from the gallery. Because I'm, I'm picturing like all of the, the nobles are here, the lords and the ladies and the courtiers, they're all here sort of whispering behind their hands, watching the, the trial of the year unfold kind of thing. Once the, the charges are read, Lord Manfred looks down at Simon and his friends in the court and he says, as you are aware, in the city of Chitin, those who are accused of crimes are considered guilty until such time as they are able to convince the Council of Lords of their innocence. How do you intend to present your defense in the face of these most egregious charges? Simon looks up at the Council. Lords and ladies of the court, Lord Manfred, I come before you today 
to proclaim my innocence in all of these matters. I was not responsible for the death of these beggars, but I know who was, and I intend to prove it. But in order to do that, according to the laws of this city, which I know well. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna make it 50-50 because he was from Argostan, which is very close to the city, but he's, he was never really part of it. He was not an urban guy, he was a rural guy, so I'm gonna make it 50-50. Does Simon know, you know, enough about the laws of the city to be able to say what he's about to say? 64 and 75 is yes. According to the laws of your city, I, being the accused, have the right to call witnesses. I ask that you give me the time and wherewithal to call those witnesses. I think the lords confer among themselves, and this is the correct application of the law, so they, you know, talk amongst themselves, and, and uh, Manfred looks down again. You will be allowed to call your witnesses. Who will you start with? Simon turns to Edbert. If you have something to say in my favor, Edbert, now would be the time. Right. Edbert steps up. <clears throat> lords and ladies of the court, my name is Edbert. I am a loyal soldier of the realm and have fought in many of its battles over the years. I have a question. He is a soldier of the realm and he's fought many of their battles. Is it possible that someone on that council recognizes him as the bloodthirsty butcher of Barker Point or whatever, whatever it was that he was, is uh, known for being so bloodthirsty? Ah, these are the lords of Chiton. He's just a soldier. I'm gonna say it's very unlikely which gives us a 50% chance that someone does recognize him. <gasps> 39, one of the other lords looks down. You there, Edbert, I know you. You are the butcher of Barker Point. Well, why not? Your reputation is one of a bloodthirsty murderer. Why should we accept your testimony here? I am here now not to defend me and my history, but this man who stands accused before you of crimes he did not commit. Well, the lords mumble among themselves, and this means because now they are made aware of Edbert's bloodthirsty nature, any persuasion rolls he make is going to be at minus four. Ugh. The man that stands accused of these murders before you today, Simon of Argistan, I have traveled with for many months now, and in every case, he has shown himself to be an honorable man. He put himself in danger, in order to save my hide, more times than I care to remember, frankly. This man is incapable of committing the crimes that you accuse him of. He rolls a d6 and a wild die, minus four he has to explode. Oh, okay, 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 six. And three is nine, minus four is five. That is a success. I'm going to move one success forward. <laughs> He does. His point gets across and some of the lords sort of nod and stuff. Manfred is obviously unmoved by this, but we do have a success. The witness's testimony has been entered into the record. Who is your next witness? I choose to call my other companion. I believe he is one you know well, Lord Manfred. Arn Kalapunki, the bounty hunter. Arn Kalapunki, you were sent out to apprehend this man, but now you stand by his side and defend him. That is correct, Lord Manfred. And I tell you that I have good reason for having renounced the contract that you put out on Simon of Argostan. Here's a question. We recall that Arn has a phobia of long-haired women. Is any of the counselors 
A woman with long hair. <laughs> Let's find out. I have no idea. 50-50. There's a 75% chance. Is there? No, there is. Oh, yes, yes, the answer is yes, unfortunately. So as Arn's saying this, he looks and his eyes go wide because he sees one of the lords of, of the city, who is a female, a lady of the city, if you will. She's sitting there looking at him, listening intently as she has uh, been to the, to the rest of the witnesses, but she has this long flowing hair. And as he looks at her, he starts to stumble a bit and sweat because what he sees is Sherilyn's face looking at him. And he's, he's, he's trying to compose himself and look away, which means he'll be at a minus. Oh boy, he's a minus six. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Luckily, his persuasion's a D8 with a wild card, but <laughs> he's struggling to regain his composure. <laughs> Take his eyes off of the long-haired woman. I can tell you, lords and lady of the court, many times Santa wrote, I have encountered those who he has helped without any regard for his own safety. At the town of Hundatora, when it was in its most dire moment of peril, Simon here swept in to save my life an avowed enemy. And I tell you this now, he has never broken his faith with me. Minus six, he has to explode. No, have to spend one of our two remaining bennies. Have to explode. Oh, we now go back down to zero. Do you have any other witnesses besides the ones who stand beside you in chains? I do. I ask now for a runner to be sent to the Temple of Elosia and to bring back Brother Waverly. There's a, you know, rustle amongst the crowd as well. And um, they've already given him the wherewithal to do this. That's already successful. So I think there's a short recess, but very soon uh, they're reconvened and Brother Waverly is brought in. <sighs> he's looking very out of place. He's looking a little, you know, he's, he's trying to slick back his hair with a saliva-ridden hand, you know, and he's, you know, looking very, very out of sorts in front of all these nobles and ladies and lords and such. Brother Waverly of Elosia, the accused Simon of Augustan tells us that you will speak on his behalf. Is this true? Is this true? <laughs> I hope so. I don't I don't think I'm gonna roll for this because he's Simon already did I mean he accused him, he investigated him at the temple, but then he he heard the truth, thanks to Stratton. He believed him and he gave, it, gave him the sword back and Waverly, I think at this point Waverly has sort of been convinced that clearly Simon's not the, the murderer. Yes, sir, Lord Manfred. Simon came to me in the soup kitchens trying to investigate the murders. He came in the company of a dear friend of mine, Stratton, who I understand is recently passed away, but Stratton was a man of honor. And as far as I'm concerned, if he spoke for Simon, then so will I. I believe this is a good man who was honest in his attempt to find the true murderer. Waverly is an extra. He has a D6 persuade. <gasps> okay, okay, explode. This is very good, this is very good. Nine is success with a raise. Two, Waverly turns, walks past Simon, sort of nods to him, Simon nods back. The next witness that Simon chooses to call is Aletta, the daughter of the slain beggar, the final beggar who was killed at Thornton's hands. Aletta is summoned to the court. She testifies to the gruesome death 
of her father. And the gruesome death of all the beggars. If we recall, these beggars were killed in a multitude of ways, but they were all gruesome, horrible, bones broken, you know, limbs ripped out of joint, like bad, bad, bad. We saw what Thornton was, so he just he mutilated those bodies. She testifies this, to this. And I think the crucial ele element of her testimony is that she says to the court, I look at the accused and I know that there is no way that this man could possibly have done to my father what was done. I mean, look at him. That's true, he's not a very big guy. His strength is only D6. The, you know, people kind of talk, they talk amongst themselves. Here's a question about this though. Is Huxley there? Huxley, if you recall, was Lord Manfred's manservant who was running the soup kitchens. Huxley was a polymath. He was someone who knew a whole lot about a lot of different stuff. Is Huxley there? I think it's gonna be likely that he is. 34, he is in fact there. Logical polymath, Simon. Does he choose to concur with this? Has he seen the bodies? I think he, I think he would have. The bodies, the murders took place around the soup kitchens. Logical polymath. I think he has a background in, well, he's got a background in everything. He's a polymath, but I think that, um, I think he would have seen the bodies and I think he might be able to concur with uh, Aletta. Let's see if that is the case. I'm gonna call that 50-50. Um, 60 on 75 is it? Yes. My lords and ladies, I am Huxley, servant of Lord Manfred. And I can tell you that in my younger days, I studied quite faithfully the anatomy of the human body. And I concur with the observations of this young lady that this Simon of Augustan would be physically incapable of doing to those beggars what was done to them. Her testimony, as far as I'm concerned, should be entered into the record as accurate and well presented. Okay, she's gonna roll, and because of that, because Huxley's there, I am going to give her a plus two. <gasps> oh, okay, okay. Six plus six is 12. <laughs> 14 plus two is 16. Total of four successes, we go to six. The court is moved by the testimony of this young prostitute who lost her father to this awful monster, who is yet to be described, by the way, we're coming to that. And because Huxley himself, a very well-established and well-thought-of member of uh, Manfred's court, comes forward and concurs with her, this really starts to move the court. Well, perhaps, perhaps the preponderance of evidence here actually shows that uh, Simon of Augustine does not have the strength to be able to have done what was done. Okay, well, that is the last of the witnesses that Simon can call. I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. I'm sure if I have, you'll tell me in the comments. But as far as I can tell, I think that's it. As it stands, he is at six successes right now, which is very good, but we are not over yet because now it is the time when the court calls its own character witnesses. And the first witness they call is a crown witness by the name of Arnak, the guard who tried to arrest Simon after finding him in the alleyway with the dead bodies and the friend and colleague of the other guard, Liam, who was killed by Simon in his attempt to escape. He comes forward. Arnak, tell us in great detail the events of the night on which Liam was killed. And he does, and he basically tells a story that we already know, which is that they found Simon in an alleyway, hunkered over these bodies, probably a little blood in his hands because he was examining them. 
They immediately tried to apprehend him. Simon explained his case, they didn't buy it. A scuffle broke out, and I think that Arnak basically describes it that Simon attacked them. He paints a picture of Simon as being someone desperate to get away and uh, resisting arrest, and of course, having killed a member of the City Watch. He is gonna roll a persuade, and every success and raise that he gets counts against Simon's acquittal. Now you've heard it, lords and ladies. This Simon was responsible for striking down Liam in cold blood, resisting arrest, and as far as I'm concerned, was probably the one who was responsible for killing the rest of the baggage too. D6, he's an extra. Okay, one. He, he does not. The people are not moved by this. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but it's not over because after some deliberation, the Crown calls another witness. And that witness is Isabel, the bounty huntress. She strides in boldly, looking up at, you know, the, the lords and ladies of the court with a very grim visage. She stares at Simon as she walks past him, daggers in her eyes. And she begins to tell the tale of how Simon of Argostan callously and cold-bloodedly shot down her legally appointed bounty hunters, Thane Rosada and Alandar the Archer. How Simon ruthlessly, mercilessly killed them with one bolt to the neck, to the head, to the eye. Because he did. <laughs> he really, he murdered those guys pretty good. And then she follows up with the fact that after they were captured, that Simon tied them up and left them to die by the river without any honor whatsoever, like, like dogs, like animals, she says. We know this is not the case, and if Stratton was alive, he'd be able to counter this. But Stratton is dead. And so Isabel, respected bounty huntress of Lord Manfred, now rolls her persuade, and she is a wild card. She does, but it is not a raise. So she moves the court, and we go back down to five. As the court is deliberating, Simon is preparing to make his own case, because of course he is allowed to speak, and he has evidence that he is yet to present. He is yet to tell the truth of what really happened. But I do have a question before we go on. Is there a possibility that a representative of the Temple of Morgus from Hundatora that can speak on Simon's behalf for, you know, saving the town of Hundatora? I'm gonna say it's very unlikely. 54 on 50. No, there is not. Simon of Augustan, this court has heard your witnesses. We now instruct you to mount your own defense and present whatever evidence you have. Simon steps up, he pulls his bag out. His bag he was allowed to keep by the guards. Remember he made the persuade test when he was first arrested? Lord Manfred, lords and ladies of the city of Kite, I, Simon of Augusta, have presented witnesses to you in an attempt to show that I am not responsible, nor am I at all the kind of man that could do such a thing. But I come now to tell you the truth. A man, if you can call him that, named Thornton, a fellow beggar of the Hooks district, was solely responsible. And he wanted nothing more than to serve in the watch. But, Lord Manfred, when he came to speak to your son, Haven, your son rejected him on the basis that he was nothing more than a dirty beggar. In revenge, 
Thornton sought the help of dark powers. And I think at this moment, there's definitely a rustle among the courtiers and the, the members of the court. In fact, Lord, you know, Manfred has to hit the gavel. Order, there will be order in this court. I know these are ill words to speak, but they are the truth. And I can prove it. We tracked down Thornton to his lair, and there we encountered him and his demonic nature. But what we found in his lair is enough to prove everything that I am saying here. And he pulls out the helmet. My Lord Manfred, I presume you recognize this. Of course he does, he looks in. That is the helmet of my son, Haven. It is, my lord. We found this in the lair, taken as a grisly trophy. There were trophies of all Thornton's victims there, and this was among them. I think one of the counselors shouts up, That doesn't prove anything! You could have killed Haven yourself! And brought the helmet here to try and convince us otherwise! Bit of a murmur. Yes, my lord, that is a possibility. But I believe you will find, and he reaches into his bag and pulls out the book, that this... will corroborate my story. For here, in this demonic book, with pages of human flesh and words written in human blood, are all the details that prove everything that I am saying. And if you doubt me, I would ask Lord Huxley, who fancies himself a bit of a logical polymath, to have a look. Lord Huxley, have you ever studied the wiles of the infernal? Has he? There's a pretty good chance he's a polymath. 50-50. 75 on 75. As Huxley stands up, goes down to Simon, takes the book. Again, there's murmurs everywhere. He flips the book open, flips through it, his eyes sort of squinting, his face recoiling a little bit in horror. Looks up at Lord Manfred. This man appears to be speaking the truth. Inside this book is a dread ritual that shows how this Thornton, whose name appears on multiple pages, procured the help of the Infernal. There's, again, huge, 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 huge. And so you see, Lord Manfred, your own man, Hugsley, corroborates what I am telling you. I did not do this. Does he persuade them? Now, here's the thing. Because Huxley has stepped forward and corroborated this evidence, Simon will get a bonus of plus two for presenting this evidence. And only because Huxley was just able to corroborate that. 75, 75. This is for all the marbles. Five plus two is seven, which would be a normal success. I am going to spend a Benny to reroll because he needs more. He needs more than a normal success. Here we go. Plus two. It's still seven. I'm going to spend a second Benny. You can keep spending Bennies and rerolling as long as you like. <laughs> second Benny. Here we go. Plus two. Okay, that paid off. I hope six plus. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Twelve. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Four successes puts us up to nine on the marker. My lord, I rest my case. There is a hubbub, commotion in the court. Finally, Lord Manfred after conferring with the rest of the nobles. Hushes them, he bangs the gavel. (coughs) Everyone quiets. Simon of Augustan, for a year, 
I have pursued you. For a year I believed that you were responsible for the death of my son. I have seen your evidence and the testimonials of your friends and allies. In the matter of the dead beggars and my murdered son, I find you not guilty. And of the death of Liam of the City Watch, I absolve you of blame, as you were only defending yourself. And since you have rolled nine bloody successes, you had the courage to come back to the city knowing that I would still be hunting for you. And yet you came anyway in order to try and find the real killer. A killer who was in our midst for over a year under our noses. If it was not for you and your investigations, he would still be among us now, planning to kill again with his diabolical powers. I exonerate you, Simon of Argastan, and I name you hero of the city of Kaiten. You are free to go. Simon is like in shock, as in shock as I am, frankly. And what of my friends, Edward and Arne? They are free to go as well. Go now with honor and the thanks of a grateful council. And they do, and as they leave, those who were in support of Simon's innocence erupt into applause and cheers. As Simon, holding his head high, exits the courtroom. <laughs> Found not guilty, a free man. Several days later, Simon arrives back at the town of Argistan and the small cottage where he grew up. Simon and his friends go inside and proceed to sit down for a much needed rest. Arn's leg, still wounded, will always be wounded. Edbert falls into a immediate and deep slumber. And as he lies there sleeping very, very peacefully, Simon looks at him and he knows that this sleep of Edbert's is temporary, that one day, Sherilyn will return, demanding the justice she was denied. But that day is not this day. It doesn't take long for Arn to gather his things and prepare for a long journey. Friend Arn, where are you going? We only just returned to Augustan. I swore to help you put your father to rest. And in doing so, I realized what manner of man you are, a man of honor. And it was my honor to speak at your trial and to try to help you clear your name. My vow to you has been fulfilled, Simon. I must return home to the north, for I have a vow that has been long unfulfilled. And it is time for me to go back and deal with it once and for all. Where in the north? My home is a place that you here in the south call the Ironlands. The Ironlands? They've been cut off from the world for centuries. There are paths through the barrier for those who know the way. And I must go back. My time here in the south is over. Well, perhaps Edward and I could go with you, help you in this vow. I am afraid not, my friend. The vow I swore is one I must accomplish alone. Perhaps one day, when my vow is fulfilled, I will find a way to return, and we will meet again and raise a glass together. Until that day then, my friend, until that day. And Arn grabs his things and walks off towards the sea. Simon watches him go, 
for a long time until he finally crosses over a hill and disappears from sight. Takes a deep breath of the free forest air around Argistan. Steps inside, takes stone bolt, goes over to the hearth and hangs it up. Perhaps one day, he says, looking over at the peacefully sleeping Edward. Perhaps one day I will need you again, old friend. And he goes over to the hearth, sits down in front of the fire, and stares into it for long moments. And that brings us to the end of the story of Simon of Augustan and the end of Me, Myself, and I, or at least the first season. Because when we meet again, and it will be in a few weeks, I'll need a break, <laughs> pretty burnt out, we will follow the adventures of Arn Kalapunki as he returns through the Great Barrier north to the Ironlands, there to fulfill the mysterious vow that he left behind him all those years ago. What will that vow look like? What will his adventures look like? I don't know, but I can tell you this, they will look very different than Simon's adventures because they will be done using the Iron Sworn solo RPG rule set. A very different feel than what we've been doing for the past 22 episodes. I hope you will tune in and join us for that when it finally drops. In the meantime, as always, hit like and subscribe, although there won't be a new episode for a while. <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much for joining me on this crazy adventure. I've so valued your subscriptions, your comments, your support. It's been my pleasure to, to share the story of Simon and his friends with you. And um, we will pick it up in the future in the Iron Lands with Arn Kalapunki. But for now, the story of Simon of Augustan is done. Thank you so much for joining me. And we will see you next time, whenever that is, on me, myself, and die.